Hey guys, this is Pete, and you're listening to Stuff You Do Not Need to Know. And today, it's Running Up the Score with Pete and Tom. Tom, you there? I am here. Hey. Uh, hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? We're talking baseball. Da, 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 da. That's about as much as I know about the song. But uh, <laughs> So uh, today, we're talking the Hall of Fame in every aspect that we possibly can of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so... The Hall of Fame. Tom, where's it located at? The Hall of Fame is in Cooperstown, New York. Cooperstown, New York. Ever been there? No, I actually have never been there. I would like to, but I've never been there. It's a great, it's a great, uh, great time. Um, my wife and I and the kids went up there many moons ago, and my wife was bored, and so was my daughter. And Kyle and I had much, had a lot of fun. It's a nice museum. It's a smaller than what you would think, right? Um I've been to Canton for the NFL, and this is much smaller. Oh. Uh, yeah, believe it or not. Uh, huh. Cooperstown's in the nice – It's in well, the Hall of Fame's in Cooperstown, small town in upstate New York. Um, so – and it's been around since the 19 – since 1936 when they did their first inductions. Do you know who was the first guys that were inducted to the Hall of Fame? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Well, I will tell you uh, – you tell me if any of these guys' names make sense to you. Okay. Ty Cobb. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Honus Wagner. Honus Wagner, yes. yes. He's probably got the most famous baseball card on the planet, too, right? Yeah, that's right. Christy Masterson. Some guy uh, named... Yeah, I don't know him well. You don't know him well? Okay. And some, some guy named Walter J- Johnson. Walter Johnson, yeah. yeah. And then there's one other guy. I can't remember what team he played on. But I know that they had a candy bar after him. Babe uh, Ruth. Oh, I thought you were talking Bobby Snickers. I Bobby, didn't... yeah, Bobby Snickers. So that, that was the first, uh, the first five uh, Hall of Famers, and obviously guys that entered into the Hall of Fame. So that's pretty interesting, right? Yeah, it is interesting. I, I, I think one thing that I would love about the Hall of Fame would be, I'm a sucker for like old memorabilia and being able to picture. Uh, even when I just went to New York uh, to the old stadium for a baseball game, it was kind of a neat experience because you you would think about all of the people that played there in that old stadium, and you could almost feel the presence of, of uh, just the ages, if that makes any sense. You could just feel the historic value of the place, even as you sat there or or walk through, you know, Monument Park or, or whatever. It's, it's just really, it, it's just such hollowed ground. I think I'd find it interesting to to go and see some of the old uniforms or some of the old memorabilia from way back when. It is pretty cool. And the town itself, there's a lot of stores. They have all, like, memorabilia. And there's, like, there's a great hot dog place in town as well uh, where everybody goes. Now, I went back in... 19, I'm sorry, 2014, uh, the year, the, the week after Barry Larkin got inducted to the Hall of Fame. And I don't remember who he was with, which I'm going to look up now and tell you. But it, I had such a great time. I mean, it's a, like I said, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a heck of a drive. But um, it was definitely fun. Oh, I went in 2012. I'm sorry. That's the year there was two guys that got uh, inducted. Barry Larkin, and any guesses on uh, who might have gone in with him? He was a Cub. Uh, a Cub. And he played third base. Uh, oh, I was going to say Grace. Um, third base for the Cubs. Yeah. 
wasn't Mark Grace. Um, Mark Grace is not in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Oh, maybe we should have had him on our list for last week. Yeah, well, there's a, cu- a couple of guys that we missed on that list, which we'll talk about soon. But uh, third baseman, Chicago Cubs, played in the 60s and the 70s. Lost a leg in his later uh, days. Wasn't that um, an answer? Uh, not uh, Ron. Uh, You're getting there. Ron Santo. Ron Santo. Yeah. You, you see how he had he had done that walk um, for charity before he had passed away. Right. Yeah. There was a there was a neat thing on him. I think ESPN had done it. Um, where he he did a long walk. Yeah, he was a very inspiring guy. Yeah, and and he has a he actually has a monument in front of the Cubs Cubs Wrigley Field. I don't know if you've ever been there before or not. I've been to Wrigley Field. Yes, yeah, they have. So they have the uh, so they have the uh, the monument there, and then of course, obviously, in the Hall of Fame. So some of the things about the Hall of Fame. How do you get inducted to the Hall of Fame is kind of like the true question. And how do some of these guys get inducted to the Hall of Fame is another question. Um, so, obviously, uh, some of the rules of the inductions are you have to have 75% of the votes. Uh, before we go into the voting, who votes? It's the, the, the writers. And I guess there's a also a veterans committee as well, correct? Right. Right. And you have to be you have to be retired from the league with uh, for five years, right? Uh, you have to have played ten years in the big leagues. Um, if you have passed, then you're automatically eligible after six months. Something new, I think, that they put into the into the Hall of Fame. Huh? Now, you know, I I didn't really realize that you had to play ten years in the league, which is. That's interesting. I mean, if you dominated for eight years, I'd I'd find it hard hard to believe that that couldn't qualify you to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. According to the current rules, players must have at least ten years of major league experience to be eligible for induction. Now, I believe because of the Negro Leagues, I don't know how long the Negro Leagues were around for. Um, you have there's some exceptions in the, in those regards. Uh, as well, there is also a Negro League uh, committee for the Hall of Fame as well. Now, I mean, plenty of these guys who played—I mean, Jackie Robinson played in the Negro Leagues, right? Um, Willie Mays, I believe, played in, and played in the in the um, Negro League. So did Frank Robertson. All—I mean, all great Hall of Famers, right there. Sure. Yeah. So, are you saying that they are allowed to have partial career? in the Negro Leagues and then partial in the major leagues? Or yes. Does it have- no, no okay. it's, if you do both, that's acceptable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, I mean, Willie Willie Mays, uh, Jackie Robinson, and Frank Robinson, just those three names alone, I mean, what they did in the major leagues was enough to get them, you know, get them into, uh, into the Hall of Fame. Now, through the elections, through 2018 now, there's 323 inductees. 224 of them are players, 32 executives, and 35 Negro players, 22 managers, and 10 umpires. Now, last week, uh, Tom and I talked about some of the guys that weren't uh, in the Hall of Fame. 
And as we mentioned, Mark Grace is being one of them. You know, there's another one I didn't realize wasn't in the Hall of Fame yet. And I think you'd be surprised. Roger Maris? I did read that. You know, I did a little bit of homework after our podcast last week because I was so stuck on who wasn't in the Hall of Fame and who was. And I saw that Roger Maris is not in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not, right? That's interesting. There's a bunch of guys. Obviously, the steroid era guys are going to be the ones that are going to have the most difficulty getting into into the league, uh, into the Hall of Fame. Um, if you sat back and think about it, who would be if you had the if you had you're in control, you're the writer. Who's the one guy that's not in now that you would put in? I think the number one guy that I would put in would be Shoeless Joe. Okay. And, uh, well, again, you know, one of the things with Shoeless Joe, he's kind of, I don't want to put him in the same category as Pete Rose, but he kind of is. Um, he, if you want to explain uh, Shoeless Joe, that'd be great. Well, you know, Shoeless Joe was part of the, uh, the Black Sox who supposedly had thrown the World Series and, um, you know, the gambling scandal and all that. Yeah, 1919, Chicago White Sox. White Sox, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, well, now known as the Black Sox. Great movie, by the way, Eight Men Out. Yes. That's a hidden gem. Yes. And so, but here's my issue with Shoeless Joe, is that he batted three seventy five in the series that he supposedly helped to throw. And there are a number of players from that particular team that there is no evidence or there is evidence to the contrary that they did not participate in uh, throwing that series. And I think with Shoeless Joe being a 356 <coughs> career and a 375 World Series for that particular, I mean, he actually hit better than he normally did during the World Series. Um, you know, I think in absence of any concrete proof that he, uh, assisted in throwing that series, I think he should be in. Now, if you if you go outside of that, maybe the one that uh, well, there's a few that that kind of, and I think the steroid area de- definitely plays into this. Um, Bagwell, there's a guy that hit 300 for his career and 450 home runs, and even though he was whispered to have. <coughs> been involved with steroids there has never been any kind of uh substantial proof other than whispers that he had done anything with steroids oh yeah he's a again he's 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 a big boy um now he doesn't look like he's you know changed as much as like barry bonds or anything to that effect but i mean i i I guess anybody in that era may have have their to- have their troubles to getting into the Hall of Fame, and that's why you would think some of these players like Don Mattingly and Mark Grace, Will Clark may actually get into the series, get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So well, going back, going back to Shoeless Joe real fast, just want to give you some numbers. He played yeah. in thirteen hundred baseball games, um, yeah. pro games. He had seventeen hundred hits. He had fifty four home runs. Um, he struck out one hundred fifty eight times. I mean, how many players? In 1,300 games, they're going to strike out only 158 times. I mean, Chris Chris Davis does that per year. Yeah, I think I, I uh, Joe Carl Stanton's probably going to strike out that many times by the All Star break. <laughs> he batted 356. Now, again, you got to remember back in 1919, 
um, this is the start of Babe Ruth. No one hits. No one ha- was hitting 40, 30 homers a year. Um, so, I mean, it was really small ball all the time for baseball. Right. You know, so Shoeless Joe, though he's in, in, in that, involved in that scandal, and of course, he said he spent his, you know, his last 30 years of his life really trying to prove that he was not, you know, not part of that. He still hasn't been able to get in. Right. Um, my opinion, I think he's in just from the pure fact that he was, you know, just the, the skill of his play. And, of course, the two movies that involve him. Uh, right. Field of Dreams and uh, Eight Men Out. <laughs> you know, another interesting guy, and, uh, you know, I, I scribbled a couple of them down that that I, I would have answered with last week. Um a little late for last week, Tom. Let's get past it. <laughs> no, 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 you know, you stuck me last week. Uh, Larry Walker is another one I think is interesting that he doesn't get any credit because, yes, he played a lot of his career in Colorado, which means you can turn a bunt into a home run. But the guy hit three thirteen for his career and three hundred eighty three home runs, and of course, not all of that is going to be a course field. You're going to play away games, and you're going to, um, you know, have have home runs at other fields. So I, I think those numbers could eventually put him in. I think Edgar Martinez, um, another good choice, yeah. Probably what holds him back is the fact that he spent so much time at DH. I tell you about Edgar Martinez. He was a Yankee killer. I mean, he he had some great seasons, but he used to pound the Yankees every time. I saw him play. Um, yeah, I think that the H thing's an issue, but Frank Thomas got in, right? Right. So I think Edgar Martinez can get in. I think his numbers are pretty valid to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, but, yeah, going back to Larry Walker, uh, yes. I think, I for me, he's a borderline. You know, there's some of these players that, like I said last week, you know, Don Mattingly, dominant for five years. Um, probably has the same numbers as like Kirby Puckett, maybe not as long, but should be in. Um, because Larry Walker, because Jeff Bagwell are the beginning of that that era of baseball, that um, the steroid part, it's going to be difficult for that, believe that for them to get in. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly. And um, there's two other ones that, that uh, surprised me a bit. Mike Piazza. Yes. Oh, he got. He's inducted in 2016. Oh, he is in. Yeah, he is in. Oh, okay. Well, then that shouldn't surprise me so much. <laughs> Why are you surprised? And then, <laughs> and then Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent. Okay. Well, Jeff Kent. Again, I think. Well, he did he win any championships with the, the the Giants? I I think he was gone before that. I, I he's kind of like Mattingly. I think he had he had like five or six great seasons. Um, not on great teams. Right. You know, if, if you know, if I go back and look at his stats, but yeah. Um, going back to Bagwell real fast, his, his, uh, his other killer B, Craig Biggio's in the Hall of Fame though. So do you, right. do you choose Bagwell over B, uh, Biggio or what uh-huh. do you think? I probably would have put Bagwell in first. Bagwell in first. Probably so. Oh, okay. All right. 450 home runs. That's, you know, that's a lot of home runs. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, in the same breath, if you look at him and then you look at Fred McGriff, who had 473 home runs, 
and he's not in the game. And I think, honestly, if it came down to it and I had to pick one player between the two of them, I'm taking Fred McGriff. I just thought he was better defensively. Yeah. yeah. So put McGriff in, keep uh, Bagwell out because he juiced. McGriff never juiced. <laughs> now, what, what I find interesting about the Hall of Fame voting is, now, of course, they've gone from you have 15 years to be on the ballot to now you have 10. Yeah, which, what, once you're off, once you get less than 5%, you're automatically off the ballot. Right. And there were some this year that were, during the voting, only got on and they're going to be right back off because yeah. they they didn't even get that much. Um but, you know, here's something that I, I feel about, um, you know, I was a I was a bowler for many years. There's a, a York County Bowling Hall of Fame that I have many friends that are in. Don't show uh, off your athleticism here on this channel. None yes. of us are athletic. OK, so don't do I have, I have, the, <laughs> I have the beer belly for the for the bowler. Um, but the, the thing the thing that always made me question even that Hall of Fame is there would be times where they would struggle to, to get enough votes for somebody to get them in. And so shouldn't the hall of fame be sort of like, it's a no brainer, like no doubter. You know, if you're debating somebody, does that almost inherently mean they probably should not be a hall of famer? I know that sounds like a weird statement, but, the Hall of Famer to me is should be somebody who is so head and shoulders above the crowd. You know, every everybody that plays Major League Baseball is there because they're one of the best players in the world. There's no question. But shouldn't it be somebody who you go, oh man, they even stood head and shoulders above the best in the world. That's what a Hall of Famer should be. Yeah, I mean, there's guys that are you know, they're in the Hall of Fame that you you you, you think um, the, the, I believe that if you're in the Hall of Fame, it, I should be able to say Boston Red Sox third baseman in the '80s, and you should think automatically Wade Box. You right. Know, those are those type of players that should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, baseball has got it a little bit easier, I think, when it comes to voting because you can take players like any player. You can say Paul Molitor versus uh, Dave Winfield. Uh, same error, even though they played different positions, you know, they did do the batting and all the other things where like football, you know, they only take up to eight guys, but how do you compare a guard to a quarterback, you know, versus baseball? You can pretty much compare every position other than maybe pitcher. Right. You know, so um, I think, like I said, I think it's tough. It's baseball. Um, I think the writers are like, the problem with the the with the Hall of Fame, honestly, right now, is the writers. You have the old school writers in there who don't want certain players in the Hall of Fame. I'm not even talking about just Pete Rose. I'm just in general. If they were nasty to to them, A.K.A. Jim Rice, and trust me, I do not advocate for any Red Sox. But Jim Rice, a great ball player, he's probably one of the better ones in the '80s, early late '70s, early '80s. For the Red Sox, not, yeah. he's not there. Um, so these old school writers are, as they slowly, for lack of a better word, die off, right. and we get some of these new writers in, then maybe we'll start seeing the the Jim Rices of the world. But we may also may see a lot of 
the steroid era guys getting into the Hall of Fame, like a Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, who I think prior to this whole scandal, I thought they were Hall of Famers already. I mean, Barry Bonds had 500 home runs before he turned into before he ballooned up and hit whatever whatever he hit total. I think 773 home runs, whatever it was. So right. that's I, for me. That's the biggest issue is the writers. Right. I mean, they're not running out of players to pick. I mean, there's obviously players to pick. We know that there's some coming up, specifically Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. Um, I mean, Big Poppy's probably going to get in, even though he's part of that era. But I think Big Poppy gets in because he was he was a good ball good ball player, great with the great with the fans, great with the media. So players like that will get in before some of these other guys will. Yeah, I don't know if it'll happen soon enough for some of the main guys though like a mcguire and a um a clemens because they're already chewing into their years of eligibility <clears throat> yeah i mean i think some of those players may end up being a veteran committee pick sometime you know 15 years from now who knows right so well and yeah. you you hit on the slippery slope name though um so Pete Rose. Pete Rose, yeah. You and I have classically disagreed about whether Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. And as usual, I'm right. You're wrong. <clears throat> I'm going to give you. So I yield the floor to you. No, no, you can go first. You brought it up. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Um, the reason why Pete Rose should not be in the Hall of Fame, and this is coming from a Pete Rose fan. Back in the day, I was, you know, as we talked about last week, I was a, a Phillies fan. I enjoyed Pete Rose and Mike Schmidt, and I, I just, I loved that team. And I, you know, I emulated Pete Rose because I was, you know, around that, I think, 10, 11, 12 years old when Pete was playing with the Phillies, and and he was just so cool and <clears throat> and oh, all that. Oh, by the way, Mike Piazza is in the Hall of Fame. Did I say that already? <clears throat> yes. Okay, good. 2016. <laughs> Yes, you don't have to correct me twice. You don't have to <laughs> so, get one, one just, bite at the apple. I was just trying to prove a point about Pete Rose. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, Pete, um, because there's – anyone involved with baseball will tell you that nearly anything is forgivable in the sport with the exception of gambling. We talked about that with Shoeless Joe. That just the inference that he could have been involved is what is keeping him out of the hall, or or vague evidence or some circumstantial evidence is keeping him out of the hall. If you spin that and compare that to Pete Rose, who admits that he gambled, admits that he gambled on baseball, admits that he gambled on baseball while he was involved as a manager, you cannot allow somebody like that to be in the Hall of Fame. For him to be excused from baseball permanently is the right thing to do. And and I'll, I'll end my argument by saying this. If you didn't do that, then the next Pete Rose that comes along that thinks, well, it's okay for me to bet on baseball. I'm a manager. He gets in the hole with the bookie and he says, you know what the easiest way for me to make a buck is? If that spread is, uh, you know, five then I'm going to make sure that we lose by 10 because I need to get my money back. And somebody who has a gambling issue, which I think Pete Rose does, um, is going to find a way 
to benefit. So I don't believe in the least that Pete Rose never bet on a game that he was involved in. I don't believe that a bit. Uh, he's too much of an opportunist. He's too much of an egomaniac. He would not stand to lose. So I'm sure he has used it to his advantage in some way, shape, or form. And anybody that's willing to do that, when there's a plaque that hangs in every locker room, in every baseball stadium, which says, if you bet, you're out, he's still willing to do it, then then let him pay the consequences and not moan about it. Okay. I agree with I agree a lot with a lot of that. Honestly, um, you know, thinking about it as you're talking, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame doesn't have its all-time hits leader in it, or its all-time home run hitter in the in the league. Now, do you? Now, I think Pete Rose obviously should be in the Hall of Fame, strictly on what he did on the field, um, what he did on the field when he was playing. Whether he was, we don't know that he if he was betting while he was playing. Who, he was probably at the, you know, the track or the casino, just like any of these other guys uh, on their off days or whatever else. But when he played and he hit his 4,214 uh, base hits, he, he was one of the best players in the game. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, is he a good human being? No. Is he a piece of crap? Yes. Um I mean, I loved Pete Rose, uh, you know, all this other stuff that's come out with him over the last few months has definitely uh, put a sour note in how I feel about him personally. Um, I know he, he put, he did, he put Bart Giamatti through a lot of things. His son, Paul Giamatti, the great actor from uh, Private Parts and from John Adams, his, his, he believes that Pete Rose killed his father you know, the stress of it all, not, not yes. like, you know, murder. Um, and, you know, if he would have, in 1989 or whatever it was when it happened, when it all came out, if he just said, yes, I bet on baseball, I didn't bet on my own team, he probably would have been banned for a certain amount of time and he probably would have got back in. Now, I don't, I can't imagine that um, he's going to ever get in. Um my bet is that if he does, it's going to be after he dies so that he doesn't get the, the pleasure of, of doing it. Now, in the same breath, Shoeless Joe Jackson, who's probably less guilty than Pete Rose is, hasn't got in since 1920. I don't know if there's even an opportunity for it. Pete Rose again. Now, again, you know, as the, the writers start to disappear um, and we get new writers in there, then we may... We may see him get in, but I don't know. Because I don't know. And I can ask my son. He may know. But if you ask the, the average 19-year-old, they're not going to know who Sheila's Joe Jackson is. They may not even know who Pete Rose is. They right. might not even know who the, pit, who the first baseman is for, you know, whatever team that's in their, in their local area. So I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I hope it does just in the fact that he's – even if it's Pete Rose, greatest – greatest baseball hitter of all time and he cheated on baseball or he bet on baseball and that's it he doesn't get a ceremony just a plaque i'm done with that i mean i think that's uh fine with me well i'd probably and i do agree with you that it's hard when you have the kind of statistics that he did 
led the league in the categories that he did. Possibly one of, I, I think, arguably one of the best play, baseball players of all time. Let me ask you. Okay, Ty, Ty Cobb, who is probably the crappiest human being that ever walked on this earth, probably next to Hitler. But he was a racist, a womanizer. Yes, a uh, drunk. A drunk. He gambled. Now, he didn't gamble on baseball, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Because why? Because what he did on the field. Now, I'm right. sure there's, again, it was the 40s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and even the 60s. I mean, race, racism, racism was probably running rampant all over the place, and it really hasn't got much better. But, right. um, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. Some of these other guys are in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand how he's not. But you didn't name anything that Ty Cobb did that um, that was against the integrity of the game. No, but fact. it's against the integrity of life. I mean, it how, is. how many people... I'd rather be a gambler than a womanizer, a drunk, and a racist. Right there, yeah. those three alone probably trump his gambling. And I know there's a sign in the, in the locker room on, right. you know, on baseball... But if you ask me who's a better human being now, there's other things that happen now. now this is the 16-year-old thing now with the, the girls that he was calling or whatever back in the 70s. Um, so, I mean, it kind of like starting to weigh out a little bit. But before that happened, if you asked me, I thought Pete Rose should be in. No. Because, because of his just on what's his, uh, his numbers look like. Well, and so you could make um, – how do you make the argument for someone like – Joe Paterno having his statue taken down, having you know some of the things that well, the happened. statue coming down was a Penn State decision, not a NCAA's decision. Oh, correct. Um, what now, about if o- you think about o- it? Simpson, the, the baseball writers are the ones that are run, running this the Hall of Fame. It's not even like Major League Baseball. You know, they've pretty much given this to the Hall. You know, the the writers really ultimately make the final decision. Um, you know, so yeah, going back to Paterno again, he, he, he didn't know, or I don't know the whole story with it. Um, but needs to say they took down his, his statue because they wanted to, not because someone told them to. Right. I, I guess I'm making the point though, that there has to be a level somewhere where you just say this person sort of like a Chris Benoit kind of an argument where uh you know he's basically been erased from wwe hall of fame and and any kind of merchandising and everything else they do and i know this is a big departure from baseball but in in saying that you know this guy was held up there as one of the best ever but then he murdered his wife and child and i think they rightfully said we can't have somebody like that represent what we're about. Uh, even though he was great when he was active, we can't have that. I put that in the same category. Where Again, I think murdering somebody and gambling on a sport are way too far apart. It is, it is, but I, I'm stuck on I'm stuck on the fact that Pete Rose played how many games and he spent how many games as a manager and how many games around or how many days around the stadiums. 
And Again, he's a. We're talking about his player now. He's gambling on baseball as a manager. It, right. I believe is something completely different. We're talking about his play on the field, just like all these other guys that are in the Hall of Fame now. We're talking about their play on the field. Now, but if you, P. Rose but is if a lot you, better if, player than Shoeless Joe Jackson. All right, but if you knew it, it in anything that you were doing, um, your job. Right. Let's let's say you had a terrific job, and the thing that they said was. We can forgive you for anything, but if you get caught drunk driving, it would hurt the company because of what we do, and you are gone, no questions asked. So now, if I'm going to go on a Friday night, I'm going to make sure that's going to be in my mind, and I'm going to say there is no way I'm going to risk that. It is too important to me. So to me, Pete Rose was saying, I'm going to thumb my nose and say, net. But here's the thing. You're looking, he's had two different jobs now. His first job was playing baseball. His yeah. second job is where he got caught doing what he was doing, even though it's in baseball. So, therefore, yes, for where he's at now as a manager, goodbye. You know, he's not in the Hall of Fame. But as a player, before this happens, he's in. He didn't, drunk, he didn't drink and drive while he was, you know, as the employee until he left and became a new job as a different employer. But he was still part of baseball. You're separating... No, I'm saying... Yeah, exactly. I'm separating his actions that get him into the Hall of Fame versus the actions of what he did when he was acting in the same sport. Right. Now, his baseball career ended in 1986. He This whole ended in... You know, he started... I guess something like that. And he's managing now, and this is when this occurs. Um, You know... Again, I can't separate. I can sep. I separate his ball playing versus his managing. It's again, we could argue about this all day long because they do it all the time. Every year when the Hall of Fame voting comes up, why isn't Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Why isn't Shoeless Joe Jackson in the game in the Hall of Fame? Um, I'm hoping one day they'll get it right, and I think they do it as low key as possible. But yeah. it's not going to happen for a long time, unfortunately. One one last question, though. So if you found out three years from now, if, if uh, Pete Rose brought out another book and he admitted, um, I did gamble on some baseball games during my career, but I never bet on the team that I was playing with. Um, does that change your mind? Now, I still think his his actions on the field – did you – I, again, I never, I didn't watch him play his entire career, okay, and I, I didn't watch him manage every game, so I don't know if he, you know, if any of his actions influenced the what was going on in the field. If it did not influence the actions that were going on in the field, then I would say okay, because guess what? There's players in the NFL now who do fantasy leagues, whether they're playing in money or not, they're doing fantasy leagues. Every sport has their fantasy leagues. You hear players. They even talk about commercials with guys picking uh, who they pick from their fantasy league. So I think gambling has come, you know, it's a 180 now. It's like acceptable. So I think it's – and we're going to have a team in Vegas. We already have a hockey team in Vegas. Um, if you're telling me that when, they, when the Raiders go to – when the Oakland Raiders move to Vegas and – the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, whoever, those players come in, they're not going to go and gamble. Now, whether they're gambling in the game, I understand. But now you have the – now you can't. The sports book is there. 
the sports right. book is there. I think gambling has, like I said, changed sports in general. I think it's just time now to say, get the guy in the Hall of Fame, uh, and let's let's move on with our lives. Uh, again, I, again, I think you picked, I think you picked our topic for next week: gambling and sports. Well, we have a lot of stuff that we got to talk about. We're going to talk about how wonderful I am and and everything. <laughs> but that's a two-minute two podcast. Yes, it is. Anyway. All right. So, Hall of Fame. We're wrapping it up here with the Hall of Fame. Um, again, obviously, this is a subject that we could talk all the time. Players that aren't in. Um, players who should be in. Players who, are, who shouldn't be in. Players that are in already that probably shouldn't be in there. Um, again, going back with Pete Rose... Ty Cobb's in there. I still believe he belongs in there, even though he was the biggest, uh, you know, SOB on the planet. Yes. Any other last thoughts with the Hall of Fame? Did you ever see the uh, movie about Ty Cobb that... um... Tommy Lee Jones? Yes. A long time ago. Yes. Remind me what that was called. Cobb? Cobb. (laughs) I like that movie. Did you? I, I don't remember watching it. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember the, the you know the whole the whole piece. I just remember him in, in a scene where he's wearing a tuxedo and he's smoking a cigar and he's yelling at somebody because that's what he seemed to do most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but he was. I mean, they portrayed him as somebody who just deteriorated as the years went. He became more lonely and and despicable and his behavior got worse and worse and worse and uh, really an eye opening. Uh, but, but what a ball player. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, he was Ty Cobb is probably one of the greatest ball players ever in this game. Um, obviously just think about who the, who he went into the hall of fame with. I mean, you're looking at six, five great players. I mean, Christy Masterson was a pitcher for the giants for 16 years. I mean, the man was, Phenomenal. Babe Ruth, who's probably, arguably, the greatest baseball player of all time. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there saying, no way, blah, 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 blah. I hate to tell you, Babe Ruth created baseball. If it wasn't for Babe Ruth, baseball would not be what it is, or what it eventually becomes. Yep. I mean, you, you, what do you think? You think so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, the obviously the Yankees weren't anything until Babe Ruth shows up, uh, you know, in New York. And obviously the most famous trade ever from the Red Sox to the Yankees and creating the curse. So, I mean, Ty Cobb is definitely, I would say, in baseball, he's probably the top ten, one of the top ten players ever to play the game. And it's really hard to pick top ten because you have to look at different errors. But if I think overall, Ty Cobb's probably one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so our segment. Introduce our segment. I have your top five for this week. All right, so our new, our top five for this week that Tom got to pick out this time because he was prepared, um, and I, he gave me the information so I could be prepared, uh, yeah. was top five teams or players that you just can't root for. Does that sound right? Well, it's actually the top five teams that I would sooner have my scrotum stapled than actually root for. All right, this is a family show. Okay, I'm sorry. I would rather <laughs> stapled rather than root for this athlete or team. It could be either. Okay. You know, this is actually very easy for me, believe it or not. Um, so, number five, I'll go in order. Number five, the 
Los Angeles, San Diego Chargers. Um, I rather, um, I, I wouldn't say I jump off a building, but I cannot stand or root for ever, ever, ever Philip Rivers. Yeah, you're a big Philip Rivers. Uh, he is such a crybaby. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> stress enough how much I cannot stand him. All right, and this is this is a guy who's never won anything. He thinks he's the greatest of all time. I like Tom Brady more than I like him, and I hate the tuck rule. Okay, that I can never ever root for the Chargers. Cannot. So there. Number five. <laughs> number five. Can I give you my number five? We'll yes. Go back go, yeah, absolutely. Again. Number five for me was the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I thought that would be higher up on your list. <laughs> I know. I, believe it or not, I came up with four better than that. But um, the Eagles, uh, boy, just – and I think it's more because of the fan base, to be honest with you. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I mind the Eagles. I actually like Carson Wentz. I think he's an extremely talented player, and I think they put together a great team. The fans just wear me out. The fact that you can't go to their stadium as a visiting team without worrying about being uh, assaulted, and, and that's no exaggeration. That's It's been that way for years. It will always be that way. Even if you are a 10-year-old going with your dad, you do not wear the visiting uniform or else those drunk idiots will, will make you be sorry that you ever went to the game. Well, I'll tell you a little story about the Philadelphia Eagles um, and going to a game. Now, uh, I went during the era when Gruden was still the coach. Oh, no. Yo, no, Gruden just left. This is the year they went to the Super Bowl. They played the Eagles. Um, Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Rich, Rich Gannon. The Raiders beat the Eagles like 48-21. to 21. And I was sitting in like the family section of the Oakland Raiders – there, and there was bottles being thrown into the section the mm. entire time. Now, I ran into someone uh, today, and we were talking about because I was wearing my Oakland Raiders gear, and he's like, you know, oh, you guys got Jordan Nelson, da 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 da. And he's like, I'm an Eagles fan. I said, oh God, are you one of those Eagle fans? And he's <laughs> like, he even said, I know what you're talking about. Now I have some good friends that are Eagle fans, and they're not as um, as nasty as they could be but i think number one overall if we're talking about worst fans in any sport i think the eagles are probably number one <laughs> yeah yeah so all right what about your number four then we'll switch over to me oh my number four is ben roethlisberger ah uh, yeah okay i think ben roethlisberger is overrated um i think he has spent his years on teams that made him look much better than he is. I think he will be a Hall of Famer, which is uh, sad, because if you look at his statistics, he doesn't really deserve to be there. Longevity-wise, yes, maybe. Um, but he is a fumble waiting to happen, a sack waiting to happen. He's a statue. He can't move. Um, and he uh, doesn't mind pushing women around. So that's another good reason why I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. So do you think, so you think he gets in the hall of fame? Is he getting in before Pete Rose? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, think that, I, I think he will get in the hall because, uh, you know, if you ever argue that with a Steeler fan, they're going to say, well, he has, you know, three rings or whatever it is. Um, and, and that may be true, but there are a lot of people on his teams. If you put him on a lesser team, 
in a lot of those years, he'd be a very average quarterback. Okay. Uh, very acceptable. I understand that. I mean, I, again, as a Raiders fan, do not have any – there's no love loss between me and the Steelers and or Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, if he was, you know, a couple years ago on my team, he may, may lead us there. I don't know. I think he's better than what you think, but I still understand where you're coming from. <laughs> All right, so my number four, I'm going to stick in the same division – Cannot, will not, ever root for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> it could be any Chief. I mean, if you go there and you were a Raider and now you're a Chief, you're dead to me, okay? Um, obviously, I take my football very seriously. Uh, I, The Oakland Raiders are probably second only to my wife and kids, maybe to the Yankees. I don't even know if that's even true or not. Uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs, now I cannot say – the same thing about their fans as I can say about the Eagle fans. From what I know and who I've met, Kansas City Chief fans are actually not too bad. Um, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the Jet fans. They haven't won anything in forever, so like you know they're always hoping. Now the Jet fan will never have hope. At least the Chiefs have a chance of having yeah. hope. And I have to say, besides not liking the Chiefs, I do really like Andy Reid. I think he's such a uh, he's a very charismatic. What's the word I'm looking for? Charismatic. Chas- yes, person. You know, I felt bad for him. He lost his son a few years ago. Um, I know he's wearing the red. I won't root for him, but I don't think he's a bad guy. So um, I hope that he goes somewhere else. I think he got a raw deal in Philadelphia. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but you know, as long as he's wearing that red and yellow, he's not welcome in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of like the Sergio Garcia, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates kind of thing where they look good for three quarters of a season every year. And then you go, eh, never mind. <laughs> exactly. They, they just can't hold it down the stretch. So, uh, uh, so that takes us to number three. What is your number three? All right, so number three is kind of a team and a player at the same time. Uh, I cannot stand... Will never root for it. Will not wear. Now I love the colors, but I will not will not wear this gear. The Baltimore Orioles. Oh yes. And specifically, I hate Cal Ripken. <laughs> I cannot stand Cal Ripken. Uh, if to be perfectly honest with you, and I know that people are going to listen to this and they're going to say you're crazy. I'm going to get hate mail. Whatever. I don't think Cal Ripken is a Hall of Famer. He played a bunch of games in a row, and that's all he did. All right, he is not Lou Gehrig. He is not that good. Um, he won one championship in 1983, and they think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm sorry. I when I watch when I see him on MLB Network, I turn it off. I just cannot stand him. And now to the Orioles, their fans are, and I've been going back and forth with them because I went to an Orioles game, Yankee game this weekend, and. The harassment I'm getting from their fans from a team who has not won anything since 1983 telling me that they're the best team since sliced bread, it's got to go, okay? Orioles are not good. They'll never be good again. They're in the wrong division. They have the worst ownership, and then their fans are just as bad. Now, my best friend's an Orioles fan. I love him to death, but I cannot stand the Orioles or Cal Ripken. 
Well, you know, that's a you don't hear too many people talking about sports and saying, man, I can't stand Cal Ripken. Um, but my number three is actually the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> and uh, the reason why is I think probably I probably wouldn't care about them if I didn't have to hear about them all the time or be subject to their games basically on the regional channels and all that. And I think some of that's with the Eagles too for me, because if yeah. I wasn't in this area, I wouldn't even know who the hell the Eagles were. Yeah, right. you wouldn't care. But yeah. with the uh, with the uh, the Orioles, you have a team that year after year after year refuses to spend money or to actually upgrade itself and somehow think they're going to get any better. They've got the same roster this year that they had last year, and they're going, Dag on, why are we under 500? Well, what do you think? You just brought back the same people that were under 500 last year. And I think Chris Davis, he's the one that I'd point out. Chris Davis is the biggest waste of money that I've ever seen somebody plunk down, maybe since the Orioles had Albert Bell or Bobby Mania. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, pulling some names out there, right? Yes. Uh, but, you know, here's a guy who last year struck out a hundred and I don't even know how many, 150 or 170 times. And this year has, I believe, one home run and seven strikeouts going into tonight. He just cannot find his butt with both hands. And yet, you go there and they have bobblehead day and they got everything else and it's like, wow, these players are terrible and the Oriole fans just don't seem to be wise enough to to figure that out. So. Well, they hang on the mediocrity. I mean, only, again, I mean, the Orioles do have a couple decent players, um, Manny Machado and Adam Jones, who is beloved in Baltimore. Um, I don't dislike him. He threw me a baseball this week, so I'm not really uh, too upset with him right now. But, yeah, I mean, I can see the Chris Davis thing. Um, I hate the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we have a mutual uh, disrespect for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. So my number two, which was really fighting with number one, I almost, you know, I, I could have declared a tie here. Uh, number one will huh. surprise Wait. you, by the way. Let me guess number two. Let me see if I get right. number two. Go ahead, um, number two. It's college football. Yes. Okay, um... Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, my gosh. It's one of two teams, and I can't um, – I'm debating. I want to say Alabama. No. Florida State – and not Florida State. Florida? No. Okay, go ahead. Tell me. Penn State. Penn, oh, yes. should have known that. <laughs> and and I'm sorry. You know, you're, you're apologizing to uh, the listeners because they're probably flipping over backwards about the Baltimore Orioles and Cal Ripken. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to say the same thing. My apologies. Uh, Penn State – and uh, Joe Paterno, uh, never liked Joe Paterno. Uh, I always thought that uh, he was a wins first and discipline second. And now that we know what we know about Paterno and how he uh, turned his head toward the abuses that were happening up there to the kids, um, I've got no love loss for the Paternos whatsoever. Jay Paterno, every time he goes on television, it's the exact same feeling that you talked about with seeing Cal on television. I just want to either break the TV or turn it to another station. Um, I think the Paternos are in serious denial. 
Uh, I think the whole Penn State program should have suffered more for what they did. I think it's a terrible culture up there. And um, I could, if they play Coastal Carolina, I will go and find a Coastal Carolina Chantelier or whatever they're called. I will find the jersey and wear it for that Saturday, just hoping that somehow Penn State embarrasses themselves. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, getting off the subject of hating for a second. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, though. I know, it's fun. But sticking with college football and sticking kind of with Penn State and the whole thing, do you think if these teams, if, you know, we have actually, you know, obviously there's stuff going on with college basketball as well with um, prostitution and all that stuff and money given away. We know that it happens at almost not at every university, but we know it's happening in a lot of universities. Stuff that happened at Penn State is probably happening at a few at, um, a few universities. Do you really think taking away, like they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy, taking away a, a Louisville championship, do you think that's the right right way to go? Or shouldn't they just be like going after these guys themselves? Or like yeah. the, or instead of punishing the now the kid that's coming in from Northeastern High School to go into play Penn State football, and now we're on probation for the next three years, is that fair to that kid? No. Um, well, first of all, I think taking away wins is probably the most stupid thing that anybody does. Um, well, you're going to have to vacate the uh, 25 wins from 1990 to 1993. Who gives a crap? Right, exactly. Nobody cares about that. That's silly. Um you know, do I think taking away the Heisman, you know, that may not be so bad because if they did it under false pretenses in some way, shape, or form, then yeah, well, he I took think- money. He took money. It's not like he his performance was, you know, any better or worse. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. If we delved into that, I, I may not, I may not argue with that either. Um, the way Penn State was handled. It did. the The kids were given the opportunity to transfer out without penalty. Um, so, if all they were caring about was football and not necessarily going to Penn State for the education, um, and they were allowed to transfer out, I think that minimizes the damage a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, I yes, I don't believe in punishing the kids, but at the same time, um, allowing the program to thrive under that kind of scrutiny also to me to me that can't go on though either okay all right so let's get back to the list before we uh bore the listeners to death (laughs) okay yeah sorry no i'm just kidding all right so my number two uh i'm gonna stick in baseball um this is near and dear to my heart especially coming from the northeast new york area i cannot stand the mets met fans (laughs) mets it's more than Mets fans. I have to be honest. Growing up in New York in the New York City area, listening to WFAN, Mike and the Mad Dog, the Mets fans they call in, berate the Yankees and their Yankee fans. But God forbid they talk about how bad their ownership is or anything. They're always worried about the Yankees. Stop worrying about the Yankees. Start worrying about what your team is doing. Right, You know, it's always, well, the Yankees signed another guy to this. And that's all the major leagues. But specifically in New York, those fans, 
It's not the Yankees' fault. They have the money. They do it. You should be complaining about the ownership in, in, in New York and why your program is not that good. Now, granted, two years ago, they went to the World Series, right? But, you know, they're, they're kind of like the Royals and they, a lot of these other teams. One off and gone. Right. You know, so Mets, Met fans, you're my number two. Very good. I was at that stadium um, maybe three or four years ago. Um, interesting place to see a ball game. It's like right in the middle of the city, basically. Like, it's like, like, a, like a block that yeah. is just a stadium sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. And, and it really, it's very small when you look at it from the outside. Met fans and Jet fans are exactly the same, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. But I just, you know, Jet fans, I feel more pity for than anything else. Well, yeah, you kind of forget about the Jet fans because everybody always forgets about the Jets. Yep. All right, who's your number one? Uh, you're. I think you're going to be surprised by this, but my number one is uh, Tiger Woods. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my. You talk about an athlete that just – grates me to no end it's tiger woods i think uh and and i'll have to be brief with this again you know we've gone kind of long here but uh, tiger woods if you know for one thing somebody who acts as demonstrative as what he does on the course and says well that's what gives me the competitive edge now you know yelling mf -er after a shot does not have anything to do with you having a competitive edge and the people around you don't need to hear it. You know, you're on TV and well, in know, fairness, I mean, these guys in all these sports are cursing. You just, you don't hear it. You just happen to hear it when, you know, because the, the sound is there. I mean, a lot of these guys have that competitive. I mean, look at Michael Jordan for crying out loud. Well, I, I agree with that, but it's golf. I, I don't, I don't think we need the demonstrative attitude and not only that, but I think as a, as a person uh, and people will say, well, he has the Tiger Woods foundation. Yeah. Well, you have PR people that make sure you set that stuff up. But, but to me, Tiger is all about Tiger. He's all about, um, you know, having his harems and his, uh, he, he just, to me, um, I, I think he's he's a poor sport on the course, and he's a poor example of what a an athlete should be off of the course. Um, so he's he's my number one. There's nothing about Tiger that I want to watch. As a matter of fact, I, I blame golf in a way because golf became the Tiger Woods sport. It wasn't golf anymore. It just became Tiger Woods, and. And really, all you have to do is look at the ratings. Now that Tiger is back, the ratings have shot up big time because Tiger's back. And well, that's great. That's great. But I think part of that is because golf centered everything around him for so long that that people became dependent on Tiger playing if they were even going to be interested in golf. He became bigger than the game. Yeah, but the game was never great. As I mean, you had... Again, if you if you look at the and I know we're going long, so we really got to cut it down. But um, you know, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, they weren't there. Wasn't the big TV sell that it was then? I mean, Tiger Woods equals Michael Jordan to me. When Michael Jordan went to play baseball, 
the the uh, viewership went down. Now again, it, golf is not one of the major sports, obviously, but uh, they are the same person. I really believe that, and uh, you know, I think Tiger. Tiger, and again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think he's a piece of crap personally. But when it comes to golf, yeah, I mean, he's probably the best that there is. Agreed. Okay. But but Tiger, if you're listening, screw you. Okay. <laughs> we, we agree. We agree with that one. All right. So my last one, my number one, uh, and it should be pretty obvious, it's the Denver Broncos. Uh, I will never wear orange and blue Bronco stuff ever. Ever. Um, it disappointed me when uh, Peyton Manning went there uh, the few years that he was there and won the Super Bowl because I liked Peyton Manning. I thought he would. I, I love him now. He's not wearing a uniform, but I'm still a little bitter because he went there. But uh, Denver Broncos, don't like them. I hear their fans are really great, too. Uh, again, don't care. Um, I, I don't like anything that comes out of there. I'm sure we'll get some players that have come to o- Oakland from there. Uh, but Denver Broncos, number one, dislike them very much. <laughs> I thought, I, you know, you surprised me because I, if I had a guess, I would have gone with the Boston Red Sox for you. Oh, I didn't go with the Red Sox, huh? Wow, that's a surprise. I yeah. I, I, you know what? I they like, totally blew my mind. Uh, yes, I, they're number one also. <laughs> they're up there too. I was, uh, you know, I, you know, I got so passionate about the Mets that I uh, – you know, like more than that, I mean, the Red Sox, here's the problem with the Red Sox, and I'm not going to go too long with this, but the Red Sox were fine until they won their first World Series. Then the world changed. It's just like the Cubs. It was fine when they did, they were the lovable losers, should have stayed there, and they could have kept, and it would have been fine. But now the Red Sox think they're the, the greatest thing on the face of the earth. Their fans are horrible. Anyway. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Number, we got a new number one. We got a new number one. Look at that. Top on the top 40. All right. So we've learned a lot. We talked about the Hall of Fame. We talked about our top five haters. We know how much we hate Cal Ripken now. So <laughs> next time on Running Up the Score, we're going to talk some more sports, give you another top five. If there's anything you guys want to hear, make sure you uh, – Call, use the call-in feature on Anchor. Tell us what you think. We're on, we're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. You can find all the content from uh, our show, plus Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Stuff, as well as Fat Guys and Little Coats on brothersinarmchairs.com. So make sure you check us out. Tom, we'll play ball next time. Pete, all right. All right, bud. Thanks, buddy.